is there such a thing as writer's block? Well, what does it take to be super creative over the course of a career, over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years? Four specific nootropics that you can use to improve your creativity. 20% of scientists and researchers take prescription drugs in order to increase their performance in some way. It's very hard to be an artist and to survive over any reasonable period of time. Creativity now is as important in education as literature. I think the writing Welcome to the Writer's Block Podcast, Episode 6. I'm your host, Aaron, and on today's episode, I sit down with the ever-amazing Alabama Blonde, who is a Melbourne-based fashion designer, creative director, musician, and artist. You can find her on Instagram at Alabama Blonde, spelled exactly as it sounds. And I highly recommend you check out her website at www.alabamablonde.com. Now, if you're anything like me and know absolutely nothing about fashion design, you probably already have this image concocted in your brain of what it is, what it's about, and what it looks like. But trust me when I say Alabama Blonde as a brand is a complete opposite. And you only need to check out her social media or the introduction video on her website to see exactly what I'm talking about. And again, I highly recommend it. She's an incredibly talented artist who, as she puts it, has lived many lives like a cat. And I really, really enjoy our conversation. As per usual, any links to stuff we talk about on the show will go into the show notes at www.thewritersblock.co. Hope you enjoy it. Alabama Blonde, thanks for coming on the podcast. (laughs) You're so welcome. We finally got there. We've been uh, trying to organise this for... Quite a few months Ooh, now. But you've yeah, been a, definitely at least a couple. You've been a, uh, a busy woman. Yes. Um, <laughs> overseas and doing movies and all sorts of things. Yeah, a few um, things. We'll definitely get to that. But I thought first we'll uh, we'll take it back and we'll go back to the, uh, quite a few years ago. Yeah. And um, let's hear your story and sort of where it all starts. Actually, before we, before we get there... <laughs> Let me just say that this, like, with the with the last few podcasts that I've done, I've had at least a little bit of knowledge of what we're talking about. Yes. I have no idea when it comes to uh, to fashion, fashion design, any of that. So if I say anything that's really stupid, okay. um, please pull me up on it. Call me a dickhead, whatever. Um, sure. But, yeah, let's just talk about where you grew up and, and schooling and mm. early stories, how you got into music. and Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I grew up in Sydney. Mm-hmm. My apologies. Um, but I, I moved to New York when I was about 22, 23. Um, and I was studying, once again, my apologies, I was studying acting um, at a school over there. Um, but I ended up um, basically replying to uh, this ad in Craigslist um, pretty much for this young producer who was just wanting to put down a demo. And so I uh, like applied to the ad or replied and um, I ended up getting the gig and then the sound engineer was just really surprisingly impressed with, I guess I'm sort of someone who I'm like, I don't know why you'd ever go into a vocal booth and dick around and, you know, I sort of just went in and did what I could do. And anyway, then they basically ended up giving me a job 
there as a session singer. Um, but then I suppose I discovered that I had a pretty um, mean scream on myself and ended up like ironically doing a lot of screaming and sort of um metally punk stuff for a lot of rappers which was really weird yeah really random um i guess maybe they potentially liked the gravelly sort of tone of my voice um so i ended up basically moving into music from there um and uh writing a lot of hooks um for mainly for rappers at the time. I mean, I was on the side of working there. I was in um, a couple of metal and punk bands over there. Um, I ended up teaching myself guitar, um, but also like very long days in the studio um, or I should actually say like nights into mornings because people over there really like to record at like 3 Mm -hmm. (laughs) a.m. So because I was in studios so much, I basically started hand sewing um, and I ended up, so random I have so many bizarre stories from that time but I ended up smoking um my first joint with Wu-Tang Clan which was very I couldn't feel my legs (laughs) I was like pretty much stuck on the floor watching Jennifer Lopez in the cell until I finally got my knees to start to bend again when the horse gets chopped up I think so. There was so much stuff coming, like, going on and I was really concerned that I was going to not be able to walk again. It's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, and then then, um, one of the girls from the Pussycat Dolls uh, saw some of my little creations and I ended up dressing one of her um, opening acts like they were doing some sort of tour I don't know I wasn't really following them Um, but um, yeah and then pretty much when I came back here um, I continued to play in um, like an array of bands um, for many years but then I sort of I was uh, I was really into sort of whatever was going with this fashion sort of stuff. Um, but I wanted to sort of figure out whether I actually wanted to do it. And, um, yeah, then I went to RMIT, um, thought I'd never do it again cause I hated it. And so where, did, where did the initial interest come from? Like you said, you just decided to start sewing. Yeah. In the I, studio. Well, I think I, it's weird. I actually don't really know. I used to do when I was over there, I guess I used to, I didn't even know why the hell I started doing this, but I started sticking a lot of like butterfly, like fake butterflies to mm-hmm. my face and, um, on my like legs and stuff. So I was just sort of walking around. I don't know why I did that, but I did. And then I ended up um, starting to, I suppose there was this guy who owned this incredible, um, I, I don't know what you'd call it, but it was a store where he basically made birds. Right. And <laughs> I don't know why. I bought like a whole heap of crows and I'd like wear them in my hair and I'd wear them on my shoulders. And then I I started basically hand sewing all of these feathers into um, tulle and um, bedding and shit and wearing it around the city as like (laughs) tutus and capes. Brilliant. I can only imagine I look like such a psychopath, but but for some reason I suppose yeah in New York some people sort of dug whatever it was that I was doing without really I was just doing it I suppose as a form of expression, um, and yeah then it sort of I think I also have always struggled to find clothes that I actually like, uh, not that I actually ever wear anything related to feathers anymore, <laughs> but um, but I I um I really struggled to find 
clothes that I liked. And so that's definitely where it also came from was from, and I'm really impatient as well. So anything I work with um, now, like uh, a lot of leather and a lot of latex, you kind of have to get it right the first time you do it because you can't unpick it or anything. Once it's fucked, it's fucked. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like that I either have to get it right on the first go or I have to make it work, which suits me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that, and then, yeah, basically pretty much I started making garments for friends in punk bands or whatever. And then all of a sudden, honestly, before I knew it, I had, um, and this is when you're back here. This is when I was back here in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was pretty much playing in punk bands, um, casting like TV commercials. Um, I was a model agent for a little while, but that got very old very quickly. And, um, and then, um, then pretty much, I guess, because of my Instagram, um, sort of like stylists or photographers used to see it and then they'd ask me if they could loan stuff for shoots. And then I was sort of like, what is going on? And then, yeah, before I knew it, it kind of actually had become something. Yeah. Mm. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> there's, there's a lot there that oh, we, we could go into. I know, I'm like a cat. Um, I've lived so many lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what was... what what was the the reception like i guess um because your 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 designs aren't your average monday to friday no i mean they are to me in my head but (laughs) yes to the average person i suppose i mean a lot of people definitely um think that they're i guess uh, like garments that you wear for like special occasions or whatever or for like i mean i've definitely had a lot of musicians Mm -hmm. um particularly for tours or for events um, or for shoots, um, approach me about loans and that sort of stuff. Um, I suppose in sort of the little bubble that I live in, it all feels very normal and day-to-day. Yeah, yeah. But I am aware that it is – it's not really. Um, well, so this, this is great because this, this actually answers one of my questions. Oh, I've, does it? I've, I've wanted to know for a long time because, you know, you would see, um, you know, mainstream – catwalk shows and, and mm. whatnot and I would always say to myself I'd be like oh, where do these people wear like who buys oh, these, these products right. and, and where would they wear them yeah yeah um, yeah yeah but then yeah yeah some people are totally like I mean I think that was the nice thing like it I, I think there are pockets in Melbourne for sure where yep. people are like their day-to-day is very um, I suppose more opulent than most people would kind of consider in a day-to-day sort of mindset. But, um, I think when I went to LA recently, it was everywhere I went. Right. It was kind of a very, this sort of just slotted in. Yeah. People were like, yes, that's a coffee outfit. Right. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. It's fun. It's It's fun. Um, and this, but this isn't, this isn't your full-time gig though, is it? It's, I pretty much juggle, um, I juggle this brand with, um, with casting. So I cast, I I guess, uh, because I work as a freelance casting agent, it's quite, um, handy because, um, I'll okay. Like if I'm super busy or if I'm in LA or I've done a bit of work in Berlin, um, I just sort of won't take any jobs. But then at the beginning of this year, I cast a Chinese feature film. They were out here to do some stuff with that. And then after that, um, I did a a Chinese. He's actually like a top, really like well-known chef. 
um, in Hong Kong and he wanted to shoot a video clip because I guess he also dabbles in music. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to shoot a video clip here. So I cast that for him right. um, as well. So I'll, I'll do things like this. I did um, Neighbours for a little while. Mm-hmm. I've done some shows for ABC. So I'll, I'll do casting and then I teach on top of doing my brand. Teach. Teach. I teach um, basically like script analysis. Right. Um, I think because I spend a lot of time in casting like rooms, um, I tend to teach uh, sort of actors um, pretty much just how to break down a script, particularly for an audition. Right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so. you, you enjoy that, that side of I things? I love yeah. it. I yep. actually love – I think one of my favourite – I teach teenagers, mm-hmm. which I think is really important uh, to me – Mainly because I think being a teenager these days is such a tough gig. Um, I can't imagine what it would be like to have grown up uh, with social media. Um, And I think for me, because I am very comfortable with who I am, I'm really comfortable in my skin. Um, uh, I think I really enjoy hopefully giving them some sort of also empowerment and perspective on this like fucked up world that they're trying to enter. So I actually also really enjoy just simply being around teenagers. Um, and I suppose reminding them that, um, social media is like a load of shit and, um, (laughs) all that sort of stuff. So I, I think I will always hopefully be able to find time to teach uh, kids and empower them and that sort of stuff and help them navigate this fucking weird world that we live in. Because, I mean, half of them wear... Like, I don't really wear makeup because it drives me mad, but I am mind blown by how much makeup <laughs> these kids put on just to literally come to a class where mm. we're just going to be doing, like, improvisation, like space jump and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I also really like that aspect of it. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Mm. Um. So I went onto your website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other night, speaking of social media, like I saw you post about the, you know, the you've got a newly renovated website. Yes. It looks awesome. Thank you. The first thing that comes up is like video footage. Yeah. Of, of what I presume is one of your shows. Um, yeah. Or, or it's the first show. It was the launch show that I did uh, a year and a half ago. Right. Mm. And I was I was mesmerized. Oh, like, awesome. this, I was like, this is this is awesome. Like, yeah. it, it was just so what like uh, clearly I live a sheltered life now and <laughs> I'm a bit of a hermit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you've got it's like in this underground warehouse mm. type thing. Yeah. You've got a, like a punk band playing. Yeah. Um, you've got models walking down the the catwalk yeah uh smoking cigarettes and, yeah. and drinking, drinking and beer. yeah i'm like this is crazy this <laughs> is making like out mayhem. with each other yeah, there you go <laughs> like, I'm like, this, is, this is awesome and i'm like I, I need to see one of these shows yeah it's, yeah it's crazy it sounds like a, a hell of a experience yeah it was cool i mean i think because i'd been asked to show at um berlin fashion week i hadn't really launched here and so i've got a couple of friends uh who um own like a pr marketing sort of company and they were like you can't i'd I'd met them a few years before and they were like you have to launch something here before you go to berlin and i was like okay cool but i i suppose the good thing about that show was it was so innately me uh there were no sort of expectations i pretty much 
yeah didn't I didn't know what I was doing but at the same time I sort of did um mainly because I yeah I know sort of who I am and um what I want to project onto the world so yeah we literally found a warehouse space which unfortunately is now like a smart desk thing um in Collingwood of course it is um yeah it was fucking brilliant Mm. and it was yeah it was such a good space we could do whatever we wanted with it yeah um and yeah it just all it was like for sure one of the best kind of experiences of my life hectic as fuck but yeah it was also it was everything that i could ever have wanted in a launch yeah and you put it all together yourself yeah Yeah. yep Mm, yeah so those um motivilica um they're the band i grew up in some bands with brody who um uh unfortunately they're not together anymore but they like uh, well we actually opened the show with a jazz singer and he was standing in the middle of the crowd and basically started singing this jazz song and then he was sort of interrupted by this uh really heavy punk band who i mean they still are one of my favorite punk bands i've ever heard and everyone was telling me that it would like people would get quite um I suppose maybe offended um, and it would be a little bit too much and people might leave and it was just kind of like this thing of like, well, I suppose let them leave. Like, they, yeah. like it's that weird thing. It's kind of like when I was at going to download and I don't understand why people wouldn't like that music. It mm-hmm. just seems mm. really obvious to me that this would be a good choice. Yeah, yeah. But people loved it and um, they loved uh, Motabilica. They loved Connor who started it off and... Um, we had a really great DJ then after that. So, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's also your responsibility as sort of an artist and a creative to also challenge um, people's thoughts and opinions as well. Like I like at the next show that I did um, at the I did it at Old Melbourne Jail this time last year. I was like, it has to be completely different because yeah. I can't just keep like. Yeah, because it's kind of not fair to me and it's not even fair to the people who follow me because I think you do have to challenge um, what people's taste Mm. is and thoughts and all that sort of stuff. So Yeah. Mm. And music's a big part of your your shows, isn't it? So, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know why you would just have a DJ at a show, but I guess that's what people normally do. But I've always had live music um, at every show. So the next one I had a... um, well, Yelena from Outright, from Outright um, opened sc- Screaming on Her Own in the middle of the prison, um, screaming a Bikini Kill song, which was fucking awesome. I had my mate Mel um, play some really stunning piano and then this sort of goth band played. And then at the show that we did after that, I had a gospel choir and then I got up and did some um, punk stuff with the gospel choir. Brilliant. So it's been all, yeah, it's been really awesome um, for me and I think for everyone as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and is that, I mean, obviously you wouldn't want to, in that kind of environment, have a, have a DJ. Mm. Um, but is there, a, is there a reason why music is so important? Um, I think it's because I, well, I think it's just because I grew up playing music and I love live music, yeah. you know, I just love it. I, I mean, it's really the only reason that I ever go out is to see bands. Otherwise I don't know why you'd want to be around humans. <laughs> um, but I, um, so I, I, I just think 
it i i just i feel like for me the because like a lot of what i do is very um personal um a lot of my inspiration revolves around sort of heartbreak be it like really great heartbreak or devastating heartbreak i just feel like music is so connected to me but it has to be live it can't be a dj because i just don't yeah. feel like it's the same thing yeah yeah. Seems really obvious to me, but I can understand. Like, I mean, I don't think like most of the my budget will always go to sound yep. um, for the bands yeah, and right. lighting and stuff. Mm. But yeah, I love it. All all forms of it. Yeah. Mm. Well, speaking of your um, your live show and heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I first went to your website, yeah. um, and this was back when we were first going to. Yeah. Uh, to do this. Yeah. Um, the bio on your website. Yes. Um, it reads that your work lends itself towards an exploration of identity, rituals, and human experience. Mm. It asks the question can we embed emotion in the fabric? Mm. Um, me recently added a bunch of memoirs. Yes. Um, to this. But originally there was just the one. Yeah. And that I just happened to stumble on, like by clicking on a link. Yeah. And I read it and I thought it, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, and that was the, the, the comfort that disturbed, disturbed the uh, comfortable. Yes. Um, collection link. Um, and the blog was about the Valium collection. Yes. Um, and that was a really, a really sort of deep insight into just how much emotion and yeah and you know storytelling goes into into your live shows and and your designs mm. um i've talked in previous episodes about the idea of a, the tortured artist oh um, yeah you know, <laughs> um and why some of the best ideas come from you know such dark places yeah um how important is it for you to have that that personal experience um the emotion, the heartbreak translate not into, you know, not only into your designs, but your life shows as well. Oh, I don't think I'd do it if I, if it didn't like it's, it's kind of, um, it's completely sort of intrinsic. I don't even know if that's the right word, but it, that like, I can't have one without the other. Yeah. Um, like, and it doesn't actually, it doesn't always have to be my own heartbreak. Uh, it can also be sort of, I suppose, I mean, I think I'm a fairly, um, empathetic person. Um, and I do tend to be surrounded by a lot of people that have experienced a lot of injustice. Um, and I'm someone who's, I suppose, um, one of my triggers is definitely sort of injustice and identity. I think I was given the... Um, you know, privilege of having uh, parents who very much supported me in um, even sort of figuring out who I was as a person and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to express myself. Um, I was, I never sort of had to be anything other than myself as long as I wasn't being a dickhead. Um, uh, So even, you know, when I was going through this weird phase of sticking shit on butterflies on my face and whatever, you know, it wasn't sort of like if I was meeting my dad for dinner, he'd be like, can you not do that thing? 
to your face. It was just pretty much as long as he felt like it was coming from a truthful place, it was acceptable. Um, and I've got a lot of friends uh, and I've come in contact with a lot of people through my work who haven't had that same sort of acceptance from either their family or society for their gender, for their identity, um, for their, you know, even just simply choices um, with where they want to go in their lives. And I think that that's always been something. I don't think I could produce everything if it wasn't hopefully saying something that could bring something positive to the world um, or make people think, um, you know, especially with a lot of the gender talk that has happened, thank God, over the last sort of year and a half. Um, I think it's such an important conversation for people to have. Um, And if I can facilitate that conversation, then I'm more than happy to do that. Um, Because I think, you know, particularly sometimes in Australia, things are sort of brushed off as like, you know, sort of she'll be right all that sort of stuff and it's kind of like well some people won't be and sometimes all you have to do is fucking ask people what they're going through um so yeah definitely it's I mean I know uh, a show that I did last year with the gospel choir that was all based around um gay marriage and acceptance of identity and gender and all that sort of stuff it didn't have a lot to do I suppose with my experience personally um aside from the fact that I think you know I I very much I, I do get asked you know are you in a relationship when are you going to get married blah 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 all this sort of stuff and I'm like well I'm sort of I'm honestly really married to my work and then it just got me thinking about um, I suppose all of my friends' experiences with identity and those questions and shit and that's when we basically put on a a, um, a, 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 a for everyone who I suppose um, they're uh, partner isn't accepted um we basically put on this big latex wedding um at yaya's um to basically i suppose um acknowledge all of those relationships um and identities that aren't always accepted and are judged yes beautiful (laughs) oh my god i just talked so much i'm so sorry that's great i love it i love it yeah. That's what people are listening for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, you recently got back from LA. Yes. What was going on over there? Ugh, well, actually... You dissed, you dissed me for LA. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I did. It's true. But I, I pretty much with this... Um, well, with that collection that I just spoke about, it was mm-hmm. called Matrimony. Um, and uh, along with... It, it was and this is always how everything starts with me. It starts as like, oh, we'll just do this and just do that. And then it's ends up being like um, monstrous. Um, but it was meant to be a film uh, about matrimony and basically taking down the, patri- the patriarchy and the church and um, all of those institutions that think that they can dictate um, who we are. Um, and um, so it was originally meant to be a film taking down all of those houses uh, and then it turned into a show as well um, with a gospel choir and all this sort of stuff. Um, but there's a magazine, an amazing magazine um, based in LA called Subvert, who's been very supportive of me since the beginning. And um, they invited me to go over and showcase the film in LA. So that's why I originally went there. And then pretty much from the moment I landed my whole world opened up and I worked with people who I've completely idolized since the beginning and um yeah just had like the most life-changing two weeks of my life Mm. 
which was amazing. I think I shot something like six shoots, um, two videos and put on a, a show, which, yeah, within a week, which is kind of insane, but totally works with me as a person and the way I function. So and this just good. all came out of the blue. Yeah, it all came when I landed. I mean, I reached out to people. Like, I'm not very good at holidaying. I don't understand how to have a holiday. So if I travel, I do tend to kind of go, like, what can I do here? Because I'm not really a – I would never go to the beach or sit on the sand or anything like that. I need to be, like, doing stuff. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Mm. And I did. And you did. <laughs> mm. You're running seminars as well. Is that right? Uh, like, is, uh, that, or is that something you did recently? The, I did because I've been offered a position teaching. I, I've studied, I suppose, with sort of acting and movement and voice work. Um, I've studied for like 17 years. And I suppose through my experience, even with people, uh, I've sort of developed... Um, a couple of um, techniques, um, which I think are sort of good for performers and stuff. And I just sort of without me really um, having much control, um, I've ended up, yeah, being asked to teach at a school in LA. Um, And pretty much they uh, had a series where they were going around to the major cities and doing these seminars and pretty much they give away two scholarships a year to go and study in LA for 10 weeks. I think it's 10 weeks. I should know this information, but I don't. Um, but I'm basically one of the, um, one of like, I'm on the faculty there for the programs. Um, and so that's why I was doing the seminars. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does that uh, take up a lot of time or is that something? Oh, I think, I mean, it does sort of take up a lot. I think the time that it takes is I think when it, I think I really respect teachers and I really respect good teachers. And I think the only thing that takes up a lot of time, it's not so much time, it's more energy because when I'm in a room with um, students, I am, uh, especially because it is kind of performing arts and stuff, they're sort of being vulnerable and putting a, piece of themselves on the table and I really respect that and I realize I have to be coming from a place where I'm able to give them the best experience that they can and give them the best feedback and all that sort of stuff so I suppose for me because I teach um I teach uh like two and a half days a week but those two and a half days are like big days for me in terms of working with humans who are in a particularly sort of vulnerable state I suppose so um I guess that's the only thing that takes up my time but at the same time I fucking love it so I don't really mind Mm. and you uh been working on a movie another movie I've got it so I pretty much I've got um we were we were meant to start it uh in January, but we've now, we were going to shoot it in Sydney actually, but um, we've actually moved. It's a short film actually um, that uh, we will end up shooting in LA in July. Um, And then I have another person who's approached me about um, doing a sort of what will start as a web series, um, which we, uh, I was meant to go over to New York in May, but I don't think I will get there in time. So I think we're also going to move that to July as well and shoot them over there. Mm. Can you tell us any 
I don't think I can. I'm actually, this is the worst. I'm the worst, the worst. I shouldn't actually say that out loud, but I am not very good with confidentiality (laughs) because I just like with some I am, with some I'm not, but I'm not really allowed to, I'm definitely not allowed to say anything about the web series. Um, And the other one, to be honest, I don't really know a whole lot about. I've I've pretty much been brought on um, to assist with casting, um, but then also to help produce it um, just because I've produced quite a few things. And I think uh, I'm a pretty relaxed person, so I think people tend to like working with me because they just know that I'm never going to hit that like like sort of hectic maniac freakout stage because I'm quite aware that I'm not practicing brain surgery. You know, and you enjoy doing the casting as, a, as opposed to, you know, doing the, the designing. And that um, yeah. I love doing casting when I suppose I have freedom. freedom. Yep. Mm, I don't like. I don't love casting when I don't have freedom or when the material isn't that meaty. But you know, uh, a lot of the non-meaty stuff is the stuff that pays well that allows you to be able to create the stuff that you're actually passionate about. Um, But I do love, like, I mean, God, actors and anyone in, in, and models, anyone in a casting situation, they're so vulnerable. And I think I'm someone who's very attracted to vulnerability. Um, And so I do love doing it. But if you're doing sort of, I've cast a few TVCs and being in a room uh, and seeing actors like every five minutes from like 8 30 till 6 30 is a very long day <laughs> i can imagine years ago i did some extra work and it was oh like yeah long days yeah, yeah, long days yeah, yeah. totally totally it was, it was so crazy. full on yeah it's kind of fun though it is yeah. fun yeah it's pretty fucking easy money and i think if you haven't like if you haven't been on a film set before i think it's kind of cool to see how it all works absolutely you know yeah hmm and you get free food generally sometimes. Yes, yes. lots you of free know. food, which is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Meet some other weirdos. And you do you do you do get a uh, do you do <laughs> do you get a lot of freedom on those things? Oh. In a sense, do you get to you know put your little spin on things? And oh, I can always put my spin on yeah. things, but are the people going to go with my spin? Probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I at least like give it a crack. But yeah. anything sort of. Um, uh, fashion related and that sort of stuff or for sort of these short films and things um, they're much the, those projects are ones that I really um, enjoy just because I think they're also saying more than advertising yep yep mm. yeah so um, when you're when you're doing your designing your, mm. your clothing design yes um, where does that happen does that happen here what it happens that? here at right this here? very desk this is, this is your little yeah your little creative hub it's this cool is, I like it this is totally my creative like hub mm. and what makes this little area special to you oh fuck I don't know um well I think to be completely honest aside from like my home like with my mom and that sort of stuff uh, this is like the first house I think I've, or this is an apartment um, where I've actually felt at, like that I'm home, yep. which is, you know, I've, you know, lived in roommate situations for years. Um, and this, you know, uh, this living situation with one of my best friends who I adore, who's also an artist, um, this feels like home. 
So I suppose the energy in this space, I'm very, 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 very affected by energy, um, particularly spaces, furniture, uh, whatever's going on um, really affects me. And this is the first place that I think I've ever lived where I actually feel like I'm at home and I can be myself and um, create stuff. So I feel very, very, very lucky. Mm. It feels very homely. Yeah, it's as soon weird. As you walk in. Yeah, we both like we both just I think have such similar taste. I mean, we're surrounded by. I've got a whole cu- cupboard there full of candles because mm-hmm. I spent like over a grand on candles for my first show and really only used about I don't know like maybe three hundred dollars worth of them. So the, I have like a life infamous vagina candles. Oh, <laughs> no? they're over there. Yeah. There's a couple over yeah. there. The vagina candles. Vagina candles. <laughs> I know. My brother was mortified. Um, I can imagine. Which is fair enough. But yeah, I think for me, because I'm not really, I kind of like darkness. Yep. So all that sort of stuff, it, it, yeah, this place works for me. Yeah. Mm. What's one thing in this little space here that you couldn't work without? Oh, I mean, I've got my cauldron over there. Um, see, sitting on the oh, edge, yeah. my cauldron, and then that's like a little altar, which I bought in Pennsylvania at a church, like at a church supply store. Okay. Not that I'm religious, yeah. I'm the complete opposite, but I fucking am obsessed with religious artifacts, mainly because I think so much of Christianity came from witchcraft, mm-hmm. which I find so mm-hmm. fucking interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would say that is very important to me. Yeah. There's loads. I mean, I'm very lucky because Abby, who I live with, she these are all she collects very old books on natural history. I was history looking at them before. Like so there's a lot of um, stimulation, I suppose, in here. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I find it to be like clean and sparse. Mm. They're the first pair of pants that I made over there, actually. Um, on the back of the. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They're quite sharp. They're very sharp. They're, well, I base them off of a mohawk. Right, yep. And um, you can't wear them outside because they're technically a weapon. Wow. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. It's good times. Um, talk us through your your day-to-day. I, I can imagine it's oh quite God. different. But do, do you have a an, an average have day-to-day? absolutely no schedule whatsoever. Yep. Unless I'm, like, if I'm working on something, like mm-hmm. when I was doing this uh, film with the Chinese, that was really, really hectic yeah. and I would have to get up. Um, but I'd have to get up really early in order to, like, go to the gym or do yoga. But that was, I mean, within – we were only shooting for four weeks and two of those weeks I worked um, – pretty much 90 hours, uh, which was insanity. So I think for me, which I also think works quite well for me is it comes in these really hectic bursts where I don't really sleep, which is fine. And then I sort of crash, see bands, drink way too much whiskey for like then another couple of weeks and then work sort of comes in a huge burst. So that's sort of, I think my routine is almost like hectic bursts and then nothing right Mm. yeah but like i i am i don't know i think i'm such a contradiction of myself so it's really hard to explain it because i can be someone who does not have a schedule but then like at the moment because i'm trying to get a lot of stuff done my schedule is like very tight and i'm so obsessive compulsive i have like everything written in my diary with these little boxes next to them and i have 
them off Brilliant. and get it all done. And that's like, yeah. But then at the same time, I can be a complete like nomad, not know what's going on or where I'm going to be. I'm not very good at making plans. I think it's why no one, like I'm never really in relationships because people will be like, can we do something on Friday night? And I'll be like, not sure. right now we can, mm-hmm. but like it could get to four o'clock on Friday and I might just not want to anymore. So yeah, I think I'm too used to being on my own actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. How do you, um, how do you go juggling like those crazy hours? Like, mm. I'm a complete insomniac, so I actually am fine. Like, I can handle it um, very well for short bursts, I suppose. Mm So I think because even my ideas for shows, like Matrimony, I we, like, pretty much um, once I had the idea, I think I designed and made the collection and shot the film and put on the show within, like, five weeks. And for those five weeks, at the same time, I was working at the ABC, um, um, casting a TV series. And I literally 100% only ran off of like two to three hours sleep a night. But I was perfectly, perfectly functional. Um, But then after that, for like September, for the first two weeks of September, I think I slept pretty much for two weeks. But then I'm ready to go again. I suppose I'm like, I like, I love life and I love living and I love creating. And I think if I'm not doing that, then I get quite lethargic because I just get a bit bored of existence. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds fair. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Do you have any uh, sort of wind down routines? Mm. Wine, whiskey. Smoke a joint, have a whiskey and watch reality TV. Yeah. Because I'm fucking obsessed with those horrendous dating shows and bullshit shows so that's literally what i will do yeah maybe go and see like i mean i really like i think we're pretty lucky in melbourne that there's generally like every now and again like festivals at the retreat or whatever um that's sort of another way i suppose but yeah that's definitely how i wind down but i don't have any whiskey here right now because i'm not drinking for two weeks because i really need to get on top of shit yeah it affects the uh Yes. The creativity. The, well, or, I just think the, I've become a bit foggy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and a bit dusty, and um, and I and I am like an extremist. Like I'm, I'm an all or nothing person mm-hmm. in everything that I do at all times. Um, so that's why I'm like, yeah. At the moment, I'm just trying. I'm doing a really hectic liver cleanse, which I'm on day one, and I'm. <laughs> Go you. I'm struggling so badly, but I'm it's determined. Good thing I didn't bring a box of wine for you because mm. I was going to. Yeah, no, it's a it is a good thing. It's a bad thing and a good thing. Mm. Mm. Bad thing because it could have been sitting here waiting oh for my you at the God. end of the, the thirty days. Or and <laughs> I would have found a reason to drink it. Yeah. I would have been like, I'll start again tomorrow. Yeah. It's only day one anyway. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, what's been some. Um, Oh, I mean, I reckon there'd be quite a few personal highlights. Um, definitely uh, the first show um, that I ever put on because we like we'd sold I think seventy five tickets before the show, mm-hmm. and then on the night of the show um, we ended up selling out at three hundred and fifty. Wow! And it was like, yeah, it was a it was incredible, and it was a, a dedication to my dad. My whole first collection was a dedication to my dad. Um, who passed away uh, like seven years ago, um, and so it was. Um, it was such a beautiful 
fucking moment. Um, yeah, because it was called Testament. Um, and so that was definitely a highlight. I think uh, showcasing in Berlin was a highlight as well. Um, and then uh, I think, I mean, I think it's such, I, I think what I do is such a privilege because I, I get, I've gotten to meet so many beautiful humans who have lived such fucking awe-inspiring existences against so many odds um so every time I come in contact with one of those people uh I feel extremely privileged every time I put together a cast for a show I feel um really uh, I guess humbled by how incredible they all are and how incredible their stories are um and then definitely in LA I think I, I'm definitely quite like I don't really have a problem like emailing <laughs> my like idols to be like, do you want to work with me? Why not? Like, exactly. I'm like I've got nothing to lose. Exactly. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Um, but I did work with uh, a number of people who I've had so much respect for, and um, yeah, I think they they're sort of my highlights. Yeah. I think like. Dita Von Teese will just get to see my work tomorrow and just the fact that she could even get a glimpse of what I do is mm-hmm. like pretty hot. So, yeah. And I guess it's these, these experiences and um, interactions with, with the people that you meet that, mm. that keep you motivated and and sort of push you to do your best work. Totally. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm like, yeah, I've got, uh, I've had amazing support from incredible people. It's also been a lot of dickheads, but that's fine. I did a cleanse and they've all left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what music are you listening to lately? Um, do you know what? I just, I saw Fever 333 at, um, download and, their like fucking live show blew my fucking mind. Yeah. So I'm all over them at the moment. Um, Girl Pusher, mm-hmm. who I mentioned before, I love. They I just put out a um a short video, um and they let us use one of their tracks. Ugh, heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would say that I'm always a Bikini Kill fan. I fucking love Bikini Kill. Um, so I'd say they're sort of the, that's kind of what I'm listening to. No, do you know what I've also had the weirdest, weirdest, weirdest resurgence of listening to Offspring, which is so bizarre, but it just started with kids are all right. And then all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was like, whoa, I've like literally now been like listening to this for like. It's like so many memories. Yeah, mm. I think, I mean, that must be why. But I, I, yeah, so I've also been listening to a lot of Offspring, which has yeah. been kind of random, but I'm not going to apologise for it. No, um, Yeah, and my friend uh, Yelena outright, I um, just think that they're, well, all of their stuff is incredible, but I really love um, the new stuff that they've just put out. Okay, yeah, I haven't heard it. Yeah, it's so fucking good. So and I think I love that for some reason they're like, you know, the, all of their work has a message and a really strong message and a relevant message but without being preachy do you know like just it's so yeah it's incredible Mm. so yeah i'd say that's kind of my they're my jams at the moment yeah yeah Yeah. um fever 333 (gasps) i have listened to their their music Mm. 
I thought it was okay. Yeah, right. I thought it was okay, mm. but I knew they would put it on a sick live uh, show. Just, I, just from Jason, the singer's old band, Let Live. Yeah. Who were nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nuts live. Yeah. So I knew, I knew that'd be good. And just listening to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think the I didn't I didn't enjoy it, the music as Fair. much as I wanted to. I will. I mean, I must confess, I've only ever heard them live. Yeah. So I, I don't. I guess but now, I, if you go back and listen to the album now, you'll you'll enjoy it more. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he also like he was one. He was someone who like basically talked about like you know chicks in like metal and rock and stuff and how they have a place there, um, and they shouldn't feel unsafe at gigs and that sort of stuff. And I I feel like I don't know. I'm very I am very much someone who if people have a platform, I feel like you have a responsibility to use it. Um, and so anyone like that, I'm immediately going to be like, fuck yeah, yep. have my full support because yeah, I, I just think it's important. Um, but yeah, they blew me away live. I'll be interested to see if I have the same, um, reaction. I actually like, <laughs> it's so dumb, but I'm so, it's quite funny, I suppose with, especially with my stuff, it's been worn by a lot of pop singers who I don't really have a connection to. And so I'm kind of like, well, half the time I don't know who they are. Um, and then, um, a tattooist who I have mad respect for, um, messaged me about buying a pair of pants and I had this huge fangirl moment um, over her and then I filmed Fever 333, I filmed his speech and then he wrote back and said, I hope you enjoyed the show and I was literally like fucking Lemmy had messaged me from the grave. That's I was awesome. like, yes. That? I have to show you my Lemmy tattoo actually. I've got Lemmy as Jesus tattooed on my thigh yeah. and then I'm getting Ozzy Osbourne as Mary uh, tattooed on my other thigh, except um, Ozzy's not shaded yet. Yep. But we'll get there. Get, we'll there. get there. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Always a work in progress. <laughs> Did they play at Download? No. no. Cancelled. But I, I was sort of like, some people were really upset about it. I, I wasn't, to be honest, that upset about it because I, I've i seen like Ozzy and Sabbath and all that sort of stuff ages. Yeah. So it, yeah. they weren't really who I was going for anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's um, let's wrap it up. We've got five pretty quick questions. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, what, if anything, would you do differently if you knew your rent and bills were paid? Oh, fuck. If my rent and bills were paid. Oh, shit. Uh, it would just be all stuff for my mum. Yep. I just, like, yeah, it'd just be all about my mum. It'd be uh, making sure that she could travel and making sure I could fly her down here as much as possible. It would, yeah, yeah. it's just my mum. That's beautiful. Yeah. If you're suffering from writer's block mm. or just like creativity block, yeah. uh, what's your go-to move? Uh, always live music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just go and try to see um, uh, new um, new bands, I suppose, that I haven't heard before or I watch um, Japanese or Italian horror interesting yeah yeah that's what i do or i smoke a joint i have whiskey it's lots of stuff i mean i i think the one thing that i'm quite lucky about is i never feel pressure to create anything um and pretty much all my work has always come from just like an organic need and 
every time I finish something, I'm like, fuck, I'll never make anything ever again. Like, I can't even imagine what my next thing will look like or whatever. And then all of a sudden something does always actually end up happening, which, um, which does kind of start something. Um, but a, a friend and I, as I said um, to you before, have started trying to shoot more just to challenge ourselves kind of on the fly um, by throwing words or songs or whatever at um, the other person and um, pretty much having to put together some sort of shoot or whatever within a week. Um, yeah, so I suppose that's kind of a different approach, but generally if I'm feeling sort of like a little bit stuck in honest in all honesty it is cleaning I fucking clean everything my whole space and then yeah whiskey a joint if it's around um and music Mm. it's um it's really uh it's good that you you know you don't feel pressured to create Mm. because I can imagine a lot of artists especially artists that rely on their creativity to make a living. Yeah. And I, you know, I've had a mild taste of that. Yeah, of course. Like with pressure from a record label to put out an album or whatnot. So they say, okay, go into a studio and write an album. And it's, it's just not that, I, it's not that simple. Yeah, no, totally. I can, mm, I can totally appreciate that. I, uh, yeah, I don't have that pressure. I don't know whether it will change in like years to come, but, um, I'm hoping not. Yeah. Yeah. What's one thing you wish they taught you at school? Um, I wish they taught me uh, more about oh, fuck. How do I ex- how do I explain it? Um, I think. Uh, no, I don't. Hmm. <laughs> um, I guess I wish. I suppose for me though, because I was going to say, I guess I wish they taught me more about, cause I was definitely like, uh, like I, I don't, I'm not really friends with anyone I went to school with anymore. Like, um, I definitely couldn't wait to get out of there, but I feel like the fact that there wasn't enough knowledge about identity, about like the things I wanted to know about the world, it forced me to go and seek it out myself. Um, so for me, I mean, I think these days there's so many things that they need to be teaching in school, but for me, I'm not that like, I think it, it just made me antsy to get out into the world and learn and study and read, pick up a guitar and teach myself how to play it. And I think because of that, that is sort of like, I never really, I always, I'm not someone who I suppose is used to having things come easy. Um, you know, every collection that I design comes from a very genuine place and I um, really seek out the knowledge in order to feel like, I, I, like I'm well informed in a way to put that into the world. And I think that it's just because at school I didn't find, I, I didn't find anything particularly stimulating. So it made me realize that I needed to find that stimulation on my own. So yeah. Great answer. Uh, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Any favorite books or podcasts? Ah, oh, my favorite book um, is uh, Le, uh, Le Fleur de Mal, uh, which is basically, I based my um, one of my last collections on it. It's a, it's a book of poetry. Um, uh, written by a French author who I can't, his name's like Charles Baudelaire. 
I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. But um, it's basically a book of poetry and it's one of the first books of poetry that dealt with um, bondage, um, lesbianism, females enjoying sex, heaven fucking forbid. And um, and some of the poems were actually literally put in prison um, because the content was thought to be so controversial. Yeah, I, I, and, um, I read about this on yes, in your memoirs, yeah. which I encourage everyone to, to go and read yes, on your website. Totally, because it's fucking amazing. So that I would say... Um, is yeah one of my favorite books i've also got a little book called the little book of loneliness which is also super fucking old and the pages are all yellow and gross but it's amazing and cute and little and sits in my bathroom right <laughs> what's that book about loneliness, loneliness. I guess. Yeah. yeah it's just a book of lonely poems yeah, yeah right yeah mm. author i don't know because it doesn't have the author on it right yeah i stole it from a housemate did you yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you could have a conversation with your 18 year old self what advice would you tell her do you know what i'd actually um probably tell her that um that you don't owe men anything yeah because i definitely think that has been a struggle um like i'm not sort of like that anymore but i think um i definitely um have felt particular pressures um, from society and expectations. And I would definitely tell her that you'd like, and I have 100%, uh, my brothers are incredible. Um, I've always been very blessed to be surrounded by men who are empowering, but I've also definitely encountered some very dark men who have, um, look, all I can say is that they've made me um the point that I've reached because of those encounters um I'm very lucky that I suppose I'm the type of person and have had the type of support that means that I could turn all of that into a positive um leading a positive life I suppose but yeah I think if I could tell her one thing it would be um yeah that you don't owe them anything Mm. perfect yeah perfect um Alabama, this has been fantastic. Yes. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Awesome. Um, Tell everyone how they can um, find you. Oh, look, easiest is, I suppose, Instagram um, at Alabama Blonde. Um, But otherwise, yeah, my website, which is just www.alabamablonde.com. Yeah. And what's coming up? What is coming up is I do have two new collections. uh, They're basically two separate capsules, which I'm in the middle of um, creating. And um, I definitely spending a lot more time in LA because it's all just, I think I may put on some sort of last little moment here. um, But then I do think at the moment, a lot of my attention is over there. um, Just because, yeah, there's a lot happening over there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We definitely have to keep us posted. I shall. Uh, I really want to get to one of these shows. Yes. They're fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for doing this. You're so um, welcome. I think you're doing amazing things. Thank you. Um, and I've really enjoyed sort of watching watching your progress yeah, throughout the years. Yeah, thank you so much. It's amazing. Thank, thank you. you. Hey, guys, Aaron again. Just wanted to say thanks for checking the show out. Hopefully you got something out of it. Make sure you hit me up on Instagram at the writer's block AU, and we're also on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and all the rest. Uh, it's not hard to find us. Would love to hear what you think of the show, and if you have any suggestions of who you'd like to see on the show, please uh, let me know that too. Lastly, if you can leave a review on whatever platform you listen to this on, that would be awesome, and you know, it just helps to get the podcast into more ears. All right, see you next time.